It's the second half of Main Street Sports today. Coming up, we'll be joined by Landon Seacrest talking a little NBA playoff action. Also, uh, in our final segment of this Thursday, a little college discussion. NCAA, there's always something to talk about. And, as always, our Braves segments and this day in Braves history. Blast from the past. Coming up, so stay tuned for that. Uh, that's coming up next. Uh, back over now to the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton, and the Sun Drop Kid from Alabama, Mauricio. <sighs> Mo, you don't. Hey, you probably don't know this, but last week's run of shows said Braves walk it off on Thursday, and so I just changed it to get walked off. Bye, bye, Nashville Sounds legend Keston Hira. Mm-hmm. Who we talked about with Jeff Hem last Friday? Because mm-hmm. he hit some homers down in Jacksonville, and then went up to Milwaukee and hit and some more, or hit, at least one, at more. least one more. And uh, the Braves get beat first time that a team has led in the ninth, tenth, and eleventh innings and gotten beat since the twenty twenty Los Angeles Dodgers. Their season ended okay. It did so. I'm, I'm taking the positive out of this. Got to look for them. <laughs> you got to dig for them. Goodness gracious, because um, what they have? They had two blown saves? Uh, technically, yes. Uh, Kenley Jansen and Jesse Chavez, both blue saves. Yeah. Which Kenley Jansen did it without a runner starting on second base. I guess Darren O'Day did too, so technically three. Well, yeah, because, yeah, he blew a save and got the loss. So, so there you go. Yeah, they, they had three bone saves. Nice work. That's a tough night. Uh, <laughs> nice work. Tough afternoon, I mean. Yeah. Uh, it happened yesterday afternoon. But, yeah, and again, Braves lose the series in a, in a series they absolutely had an opportunity to win. Uh, Kenley Jansen, first time he's blown a save in 28 attempts. And that's that's tough. I mean, but again. That's going to happen. You're going to have blown saves. Even Kenley Jansen, who is phenomenal, is going to have a blown save here and there. You just feel like, man, it would have been nice to get that one particularly because you you roughed up Corbin Burns. Who, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, that's tough. I mean, when you, when you go in and you handle the reigning Cy Young winner on the road. On the road. Feel it, good about yourself. It, and you don't. You don't get the dub at the end. That That's a tough one. You know, and... You know, no shade at Kenley Jansen. No. Like you said, I mean, it's going to happen. Everybody's going to spit the bit from time to time. I mean, those guys drive Mercedes too, right? <laughs> exactly. So. And, and he'd done it 28 times in a row. He was due. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and he may not do it for another 28. I mean, Which I will take. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, Atlanta with a pretty solid setup over the next month and a half. And get the news that Max Scherzer is out until July for for the Mets with an oblique strain. Suddenly, you think this is the Braves' opportunity. You have to take advantage. We've said it so many times already, but it's it's imperative the Braves take advantage of this particular part of the schedule. Oh yeah, I mean you you can't run the risk of the Mets not metting. Right. Uh, you you Go got to you got to start reeling those guys in here during this stretch of the schedule that you talked about a couple of days ago where it's not the most competitive portion of the schedule that the Braves are going to see over 162. So 
it would behoove them to start stacking more than two wins at a time on top of each other. Yeah. It couldn't even get to two this time around. Well, but not this time, but yeah. It, it, one of the problems that I have with this particular team, and it's not just this team, it's this franchise over the last few years even, is you know, they tend to play their worst baseball against the worst teams. Well, ah, Milwaukee's not bad. I don't think they played bad baseball. That's what I'm saying. No, that they they were really good in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to win all three games. I, it's it's that's What's the, coming up. You know, San Diego had a chance to win all three games. Now they they didn't play poorly in either of those series. They just got beat by a really good team. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the Texas teams, the the Cubs. Yeah, you you beat them, but you only beat them two out of three. And the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati's that you split an opening week series with, you've got to you you got to sweep some of these series. You've got to win three in a row, four in a row. Well, and and somebody, 16, somebody, somebody may need to pass that along to the manager, because like again, there are moves that get made that it's like, eh, we'll give them tomorrow if we don't get them tonight, and that's a problem, right? Yeah, it is. One World Series, uh, yeah. There's, there's that. There is that. That's that, and and that's kind of, that's kind of the big joker if you play spades, you know. I mean, it's that's kind of checkmate. And this Braves team overall has has had its issues, but they've also had some of the guys that they need to come around start coming around. In these last two series, Austin Riley particularly has gotten out of his slump and is hitting the ball a mile. Marcelo Zuna has four home runs in the last nine days. That's a big deal. Uh, Dansby has hit the ball well. He hit the ball really well against San Diego. He Did I see at well. one point that he was a team leader in RBI? <laughs> he might have been. Of course, he, he, he hits ninth, so there's a lot of chances to get on base ahead of him. But... <laughs> That's neither here nor there. And uh, Ozzy Albies is starting to come around. If if you can at some point get all of those guys, or at least, you know, 75% of them mm-hmm. at the same time, you feel really good. And uh, against pitching, you know, maybe we just need Joe to say, oh, we're going to score some runs tonight on this guy. <laughs> just need him to say that a few times. Because mm-hmm. it that's what you have to do. You have to take advantage of of – of pitchers who are not at the level that you are as a major league hitter, period. And over the next month, the Braves have to do it. They've got a series coming up with Miami at home. You feel like that is a series you need to do some damage in, although you'll probably see Sandy Alcantara uh, without, I guess you'll either see him against Charlie Morton or uh, potentially Ian Anderson has been our third guy. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's kind of wishy-washy. Could be Bryce Elder. See what be, happens. It could be Kyle Wright. Could be anybody. Um, probably Kyle Wright. Probably. But yeah, those three games right there, you got to win those. I mean, that's a division opponent. A, a team that we said we're the, almost the most scared of. 
Yeah, because again, there's no reason to have any faith in the Mets based on what they've done in the past. Sure, but. Um, And the Phillies are beat up, and they're not great. Blowing saves just like the Braves. The Braves are in, well, tied for third, but. They're, well, no, they're a half game. They're they're in fourth place in the National League East, fourth place. Todd, uh, they're a half game behind Miami, a game and a half behind Philadelphia, and seven and a half out of first. On May nineteenth, I I don't feel great about that. Well, I don't feel great about it, but I mean. One, it could be worse, too. I, I still feel like there's time, but I don't know how much time there is. I, I was asked this question the other day. What should the Braves' record be? They're currently 17 and 21. What what should their record be? I think it should be at least 21 and 17. I don't think there's any question there. I, I think they should have won 20, 24. Because at least one more in Texas. You shouldn't have lost it all to Cincinnati. That's three. And then I don't know that you can predict a sweep against any major league team just for the fact they that they lost again, like twenty eight games in a row though after that. <laughs> it felt like it it did feel like they lost a lot. I just I just again, they drive they drive Mercedes too. I, I just feel I don't know like that they do. I, th- I think they're all <laughs> they're, they're all still on rookie contracts. They they still got Camrys right now. <laughs> But seriously, you're right. I, and so, but even still, you, you should win the series against Texas. You should win the series against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Should have beaten uh, San Diego one more time. Mm-hmm. Should have won yesterday. So I mean, that's four. That's that's twenty one and seventeen. At the time I had them, I think I think it was they were fifteen and eighteen at the time, mm-hmm. and I had them at twenty and thirteen. So there's my four games at twenty four. So, I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna get out of here. But before we do that, ah, take a trip back in time. There we go. We need to get we need to get some like uh, some sci-fi music for this segment. Some um, it's like you know, some like some time warp. A little, well, I, I I wish we could do something like uh, the Huey Twilight Lewis Zone. Going back in time. <laughs> oh, little, yeah, yeah, no. Lewis. Probably, probably best that we not do that. Yeah. Um, May nineteenth, two thousand four. Forty-five year old Julio Franco, all-time favorite ish, became once forty-five ish. Forty. Forty-five year old Julio Franco became once again the oldest player in Major League history to hit a pinch hit home run. After coming off the bench for a round trip or two weeks earlier against San Diego, Franco hit a two-out, two-run homer to force a 4-4 eighth-inning tie with Arizona before the Diamondbacks won 6-4 and 11. So, Julio. Still getting still it do done. It. Still getting it done. Him and Bartolo down there just killing sexy. <laughs> you could start a team with those two guys. That'd be entertaining. Yeah, I would. Landon Seacrest is going to talk a little NBA playoffs with us here briefly on the next segment. So y'all stick around. Find out if we should be worried about Luca or if he just was tired from Game 7. So stick around. Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone. And join us back after this.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731. 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We've not had any dingers today, although we've had some pretty good uh, ding-worthy comments, I thought. so. He's been kind of stingy with the bell today. Yeah. He must not be in a great mood. <laughs> uh, maybe he's just not listening. No, no, there's we, we may be uh, on a... Uh, was it a moratorium on the daily dingers until after spring fling? Gotcha. Ah, okay. We're, all right. We're busy. A workflow, a workflow issue. Workflow, workflow issue. Or, Is that kind of like um, supply chain issues? Yeah, there you go. That's, there you go. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> daily dinger, singular, right? <laughs> We're just going to have. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let's uh let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. Obviously, the association. Yeah, because you know, to be honest with you, the the last two games were a bit shocking, to say the least. Uh, certainly, ex- I, I certainly didn't expect for Dallas to just get drubbed by Golden State, uh, but I do think having to having to have played a game seven plus travel and all that goes with that had a little bit to do with Dallas's issues, but who am I? And what do I know when we could talk to Seco sports, Landon Seacrest, Landon, what's going on, buddy? 
much hype for game two of Miami Boston tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am 7.30 on ESPN. It'll be Boston at Miami. Miami a two-point favorite in this one. Uh, what's uh, what's on tap? What, what are we thinking? I think that Horford has been announced that he's going to play. I think it's depending on if Smart's going to play, if it's really going to make a difference because the Heat were really down in game one for majority of the game. It seemed like as a viewer, it seemed like Butler and Hero were the only two players scoring. So I feel like if Smart doesn't play, then who's going to stop that on Boston's side? That's a good question. Maybe you don't stop it. Maybe you just got to get Tatum and Grant Williams going. <laughs> That's very true. If Grant hits threes like he did in game seven, then Miami needs to watch out. Jimmy Butler going for 41. I mean, obviously that's something that he's capable of any night out. But, I mean, it it, it hadn't been there much this postseason, had it? No, but they call him Jimmy Buckets for a reason. Personally, me, I respect Jimmy Butler as a player, but these scoring outbursts are something that has been foreign to me. I mean, he's just been on a tear. I have a friend that is an Atlanta Hawks fan, and seeing that in the first round is just it was just pain to see him drop 40-plus in every game, and now he's doing it again in the Eastern Conference Finals. So Miami definitely is going to need it if they want to get past Boston and Tatum, like you just said. You know, and when you when you talk about the Miami Heat, there are a couple of, of players that you that you specifically look look for. But this team has some depth because obviously um not having Kyle Lowry in game one wasn't much of an issue because Gabe Vincent played perfectly well uh at the point position and they're seven and zero when Gabe Vincent starts in the playoffs. So it's uh, the the problem is that he's now questionable with a hamstring issue of his own, and they, uh, I mean, injuries seem to be the the telltale of this series so far. So is Miami just deeper? Is that why they're able to uh, be better at this point in the season? When I look at Miami, I see people off the bench now probably is going to start like Victor Oladipo. And then you have somebody like Duncan Robinson who really isn't even logging minutes. So when you think about those two caliber players, they're coming off the bench and one is not even getting minutes for Miami. And when you look on Boston's side, Aaron Neesmith provided some minutes and a spark on the defensive end, but he's not the same level of player that I just mentioned on the side for Miami. So I really think it does come down to depth because – who will suffice for Tatum when he goes off the floor? He, they, Boston doesn't have a Victor Oladipo or a Duncan Robinson that they can just bring off the bench. I cannot tell you, Landon, how happy you made JP when you mentioned Aaron Neesmith, the former Vanderbilt Commodore, and and thank you, down, Landon. Thank his, you, sir. His his contributions for the Celtics here in the postseason. So, um, yeah, JP appreciates that. But uh, see us over here boasting Rocky Top when we're talking about Grant Williams. Yeah, you know it is little, little balance. <laughs> Little balance, yeah. Um, Landon, let me preface this by saying that I'm, I've not been a huge NBA fan. I've, I've kept up with the Grizzlies probably more than I have anything. But it just feels like to me the Western Conference, for whatever reason, has been a little bit more compelling here during the postseason. 
than the Eastern Conference? Have you gotten that feeling? Do you do you feel that way? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, in the last series, we were mentioning Luka, Magic, and Dallas. I mean, I was not expecting any blowout like that. I was really expecting for CP and Devin Booker to show up. And then you just have the Warriors in the emergence of Jordan Poole. And then you have a team like Denver with the MVP on their team, and they got beat in the first round by that Warriors team. So it's really, I would say it's just wide open in the Western Conference and in terms of East and West. It's just really wide open and it's very competitive in terms of these two finals eastern conference and western conference finals matchups yeah i don't don't think anybody expected to see dallas specifically in this at this point in uh, the playoffs golden state obviously we talked about their experience and that giving them a little bit of a leg up in the western conference especially now that chris paul and the Suns are out uh you know at this point golden state's got to be the the clear favorite to win this whole thing uh they keep playing the way they've been playing right i think you add somebody like jordan pool and the emergence of the pool party they want to call it alongside the splash brothers him and then you're getting performances from kevon looney 20 rebounds and then draymond green and even andrew wiggins showing up last night so it's it's hard to provide a answer for that when they're all hitting on all cylinders those five the Splash Brothers and the Pool Party. Wow, it's it. I, I guess it writes it, itself. I, I guess it makes sense when you think about it. But wow, um, Landon, we we talked a little bit on on the show here not too long ago about the um, the Larry Bird Trophy and the Magic Johnson Trophy going to the Eastern Conference and Western Conference champions. Um. It, it kind of feels like an extension of everybody gets a trophy. But what what were your thoughts on the conference trophies and, and the namesakes thereof under the circumstances? It's interesting to me when you add another trophy to the element because it then it brings up the conversation of who should won it, who should have won in the past when you look at the conference finals, MVPs, and things like that. And then it brings up the legacy debate. But for the namesake of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, I mean, who better than people that went back and forth in the 80s and had such an impact on the game? I know I am a young blood in the basketball game, but seeing Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, of course they need a trophy named after him at the magnitude of this. That's the thing. Uh, and, and you couldn't name one without the other. Oh, no, no, no. Because they, like I said, and if you were going to name and Bird. I don't know if you were going, like you said, if you were going to name one for Bird – then there was nobody else for the other one. If you were going to name one Magic, there's nobody, there's nobody else. else for the other one. I mean, they they are joined at the hip from that NCAA championship game forward throughout their careers. Yeah, so it is it is interesting though. Landon uh, Seacrest of Seaco Sports uh, talking a little NBA basketball. Landon, uh, who who's going to win the Eastern Conference Finals? The Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to have to go with Miami if. I'm a, I'm a believer in Jimmy Buckets as of these 40-point games. I mean, if he can match Tatum, I don't know who can match anybody else better than Tatum if he continues to do this. So I'm, I'm going to believe in Miami. What about on the Western side? I mean, does um, does Doncic um, pull the Mavs through, or, or is it the Splash Brothers and the pool party? I'm not as sure about the Western side. Because when you look at Luka and what he did in Game 7, he had such a great performance, but he also got 30 points from Spencer Dinwiddie and about 20 from Jalen Brunson 
and he didn't get that last night, and we saw what the result was. So I'm not going to bet against the Warriors. I'm going to go with the safe pick and go with Golden State. Golden State, Miami in the NBA Finals. We'll, uh, we'll get more from you before that, Landon, but uh, we do appreciate you taking some time with us today. Hey, also also a hat tip to Landon Seacrest, who was um, camped out up on Mallory Lane yesterday for that Summit Centennial Region 6-4A softball championship game that the um, the Spartan women, as you like to refer to them, came out victorious 7-2 to two in. So, again, Landon contributing some coverage to Main Street Preps and Main Street Murray, and you can find his work there. You can find him at Seco underscore sports on Twitter. And seems to think that he wants to become a journalist. Just turned in a 4.0 after his freshman year at Belmont University. So I think he may be too too, too smart. S- too smart. Too smart. Yeah. Too smart get, for this and industry. And you have to lower that but, down to at least a three. But um, <laughs> but but we're we're certainly happy to have him. Two um, point eighters. Two point eighters. <laughs> certainly happy to have him. Um, both his writing abilities and his um, NBA insight with us here on Main Street Sports today. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, let's take a quick break because there is a lot to talk about in the final segment. Uh, the NCAA has the, – the Rules Committee has made some changes, and they are pretty significant. So we'll run down those and get thoughts and whatnot. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yell alongside Mo Pat and JP Plant on the controls. I'm really interested in one. I would just like to say this. I think it's hilarious that Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are having this fight, and Tennessee just paid eight million dollars for a quarterback, and nobody cares. <laughs> You must have just seen the meme that I saw earlier. I did. That was so good. He was just taking a video of the fight. And, hey, man. <laughs> just me Again, minding my own business. Just just kicking up, kicking back, watching. <laughs> it's, I mean... Again, NIL needs some ironing out. The transfer portal needs some ironing out. But I don't think either of them is going to be the ruination of college football or college athletics. And if they are, it was headed that way anyway. Because if if exploiting the on-field personnel is the only way for it to be successful, then maybe it doesn't need to succeed. I think there's accidentally no- libertarian. <laughs> hmm? Say what? You accidentally libertarian. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell them that. Hey, free markets, man. If it's if that's what you gotta have, well, maybe you maybe you shouldn't be in business. That's it. Accidentally libertarian. There's a whole Twitter account. It's great. But you, you could make the argument though that all of this we talked about the issues that we're having. It's making the game more popular, is it not? I don't know if it's making you the game so? more popular. I think it was pretty dang popular anyway. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, here we are, things like this, that it's it's just getting another way of of the combatants to go at each other than just the typical, you know, what we've been doing for 50 years yeah, to 100 I, years. I think now social media is making it well, more popular. This has because- certainly changed the game as far as the the, the trash talk between coaches mm-hmm. and – all of and the recruiting trails, but but I think it is social media, Mo. I think I think because they can use social media to uh, increase their visibility mm-hmm. with things like this, you know, and they can do it so quick. Yeah, they're not talking to. I players, mean, they're talking I, to players. I mean, well, I mean, Saban gets taped speaking at a non-football related function last night. Sure, Jimbo Fisher sees it sees the reaction to it, calls an impromptu press conference first thing this morning. I mean, the news cycle is just it's ramped up. It's what I it's exactly what the only way to fix this is what I quote tweeted West Blankenship. No DQ, falls count anywhere, triple threat, Jimbo, <laughs> Dion, Nick Saban. <laughs> King of the Hill. Triple threat match. Give me, give, give me Mills Lane. You got any questions? You got any questions? Let's get it. Let's on. get it on. And <laughs> and I want to hear. I want to hear Jim Ross on the call. I mean, let's let's go. Let's just 
do it celebrity deathmatch style. I mean, but seriously, it, it, <laughs> the, the NCAA, here's the thing. The NCAA passed two major rules today or yesterday, whenever it was. And neither of those things are getting talked about. It is a big deal. So the, let's talk about them. It's a big deal that the Pac-12 no longer has to deal with divisions because the NCAA has removed the requirement. So what divisions. was it? If you had more than X number of teams in your conference, teams, more than 10? You had to have divisions. At first, when they first did it, they said, if you have more than 10, you can have divisions. Then they said you then have they to. they said you have to have divisions. What's what's the have to? I mean, what's the purpose of the have to? I don't know why they had to, but now, now they, they don't. don't. And the Pac-12 said, well, if we ain't got to, we ain't, we ain't going to. <laughs> because if we can get UCLA and USC back-to-back or whatever it takes to get them to Levi Stadium or whatever, then we're going to do that. So by not having divisions, then you just got one set of standing, standings in the top two teams. That's correct. Play for the title. But everybody's not going to play everybody during the regular season. No, that and they don't have to. I think I think scheduling is going to get weird. Scheduling is going to get weird, and what's get, what's going to happen? I think is invariably you're going to have you're going to have two teams tied for second. Oh gosh, yep, and didn't who haven't played each other. And then you got to go <laughs> for second. Not yeah. for first, for second. And you got to go record versus one mm. versus four, five, six, seven. Yeah. It, it's it's going to happen. Absolutely, it's going to happen. I and, and I mean, your first tiebreaker is head to head, but you don't have that because they didn't play. And, but, but it is a positive when you don't have to worry about six and six. Uh, who was it a couple years ago where there was, I guess it was in the ACC where, it was like six and six pit like every year. Yeah. Six and six pit or something <laughs> yeah. had a chance to beat, had a chance to beat Clemson. And had they beaten Clemson, it would have been uh, know, like a four way tie or some, yeah, stuff some, like some that. craziness. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it does eliminate some issues, but it, it also, also creates, creates some issues. Boom. So you're just, you know, switching the issues and, and, and is it worth it? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Well, let, let's ask the first conference that has a tie for second <laughs> we'll find if it was moment. worth it. And uh, it, Matt Brown from Extra Points said, I, I, I just can't wait for one of the G5 conferences to be like, no, we, we like our, we like we our like divisions, divisions, dadgummit. Yeah. <laughs> so, like the MAC. Who well, they can is, still have them, right? Yeah, they can have them. They just don't have to. There's, there's no requirement. Correct. I, yeah. I think it makes more sense. but But then you've got – I think I think part of it, mm-hmm. part of it is the the lack of geographical sense that well, I mean, these conferences make at this point. It, that's a problem. That's it, what the G five the G five still has makes sense mm-hmm. geographically, whereas the Power Five, for most, for all intents and purposes, does not at, at all. Big Twelve doesn't make sense. They, they got. It, well, I mean, I mean, all conference USA. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the conference that we pay the most attention to geographically divisions, mm-hmm. their divisions make sense. East and West, except that Missouri's in the East. There's a couple exceptions. Yeah. Well, 
Missouri has to be in the East because you're not going to split Alabama and Auburn. I understand that. You're not going well, to split Tennessee and Vanderbilt. We don't care no. about them. Tennessee says no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a no. No, no. no we're we're going to keep those. No, <laughs> we're going to keep them. No, I mean, but I, I don't. I mean, for the most part, it does. But with 16 teams, it doesn't. No. No. Which is why this is happening now Mm. to give the pod option the the ability to happen. Well, not just them, but, uh, you know, I think. Well, nobody else is going to have 16, are they? No, but they're giving everybody the option to have that because I think you're going to end up with some pods in other conferences as well. Uh, But how. How are pods going to work with fewer than 16 teams? I think you just have three teams instead of four. If you've got 12 teams, you have four pods of three. It's, yeah, I think you could, yeah, I think you could make it work. And, and I think it would make some sense. The Pac-12 in particular, now, they do have a pretty good geographical yeah. split going. So their, their divisions geographically made some sense. And you could do that with pods, too. Because uh, you've got Oregon and Washington, there's four teams. Washington State, yeah. What, what, um, right. how, how many te- how many teams are in the Pac-12? It's fourteen, right? <laughs> there uh, are now, right? Right. Okay, so if they've got fourteen teams, you can't have pods because no. there's no there's no. Division. Or you'd have an odd, yeah. Which an, o- an odd pod? An odd pod. <laughs> an odd. Pod. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd buy that's so good. Uh, you know, but but this is <laughs> I think it's good for the ability for for the NCAA to let conferences decide what they want to do. Uh, yes. It's it's kind of like high school districts and regions, right? Let them do their own thing. It, it, at least TWS double A. I don't care how you get to, to the region to the region, figure it Just out. Send, send us two somebody. teams. Send us two teams. Send us two teams. However you decide to send yeah. them. And and maybe if y'all don't want to play it, if y'all don't want to play everybody during the regular season, you don't have to. And, and just, here, just send us two teams. Here's a, a in the future look at this or take is that a precursor to having conference tie-ins, conference champion tie-ins to a to a playoff. If when if that win, I assume that gets uh, implemented when you get more teams by by not having these divisions. You not having to have it. Alabama and Georgia to play a championship yes. in the conference, so you don't have them play in the playoff. That makes sense. Or you know, you typically you're going to get the the best two teams. I mean, there are going to be some exceptions with the tiebreakers, but even still, it's the third best team and the first best team to some degree. But it's you're going to have typically the best two teams coming through, and and you'll get a more defined champion than having like a six and six pit taking on Clemson in right. the ACC championship game. Sure. That you're talking about for, as an example. But, and I think that's, I like the idea of the mm-hmm. best two teams playing, especially if you have conference tie-ins to a playoff, because that's, yes. then you, you don't have to worry about that is your quarterfinal or yeah. whatever. Right. I like it. That's a, that's a solid uh, argument there, but then you, you know, no, what's you got to ha- expand the playoffs? What's going to happen when it's like Alabama and Arkansas, and Georgia gets left out? Well, then Arkansas had the better year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. 
Yeah. It's, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be unique. I, I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious. Finally, the last the one of the big things when we and we've talked about it so much on this show, how are they going to get over the COVID year? Well, I think they've come up with an idea. They are eliminating the 25 player limit on a signing class, and they've upped the number of players you can get out of the portal. Wait a minute. Hold on. There was a limit on how many kids you could bring out of the portal? There was. I never knew. Yeah. What uh, was the limit? Uh, they had to be part of your class. Oh, so anybody that you signed out of the portal was part of your 25-player right. class for football. For football. So there weren't necessarily limits for the other sports. Yeah, I don't know. I probably. I, I don't think anybody else has a class limit no, other I, than football. So – Here's here's what this is going to do. Mm. This is going to blow up some programs. You're going to have new coaches come in and get rid of 40 kids. Because they can sign 40 kids. From the portal or, or wherever. From, from freshman classes or whatever. Or Jukes. Or Jucos. <laughs> you're, you're going to have some coaches come in and just throw a – Grenade. Just nuke everybody. <laughs> and everything's going to be. But the positive is. <laughs> Coach is coming in pulling a Cartman. Exactly. Get out. <laughs> but, but I think what I think is the best positive about this is I think it's going to really help the group of five and FCS teams because those players are going to need somewhere to go. But it's not going to help the high school kid. I think it will because they they can sign more kids out of high school. They can get rid of 40 juniors and seniors if they need to. But it's like one coach said at the um, – Why would I recruit high school kids? Yeah, yeah, at the um, recruiting fair that the Tennessee football coaches had a few weeks ago, if I lose a junior, I, I need to bring in a junior. So Maybe, but not if you – feel good about what you're doing as who you are as a coach right so i'm really curious to see how this is going to going to play out i i hope that it helps the high school kids Here's i really do a potential another thing to that is you could get rid of an older player because an incoming freshman will cost you less in nil potentially well it's not your money anyway it's not your money no but st- well but there's only so much money out there i mean that they're willing to spend. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> spread it out over two or three players. It's a salary cap move. Uh, seriously, <laughs> that, that, it's, it's turning. Very it can turn into that. Yeah, it's very possible. You're not wrong. <laughs> this is. We've got so much to talk about, and mm-hmm. there's so little time in today, and so we'll just have to get to it tomorrow. There we go. But we do need to get to. We didn't get to it today at all. TWSAA teams to watch in softball. We've not talked about it yet, so we will talk about it tomorrow. That's your fault. Well, not really. I just went through the baseball. It took a little longer than I expected, okay? It it, it happens, okay? But we will get to softball I'm just going to let you deal with the chapped softball fans. I don't, they won't be chapped. We'll get there. Okay. So, tomorrow, softball and Jeff him. So come hang out with us 2 o'clock. For Mo and JP, I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day. We'll see you then.